Okay, perfect. I think we're on now, Miller. Okay, awesome. I think uh, we're gonna get started now, Miller. So hello everyone for um, connecting and watching today. Um, today, we're continuing on with um, our Tamil Innovator Spotlight event with uh, Miller Alexander Rajendran. Um, for those of you expecting Anjali, I'm stepping in for today. Um, hopefully I can do the awesome, continue the awesome job she's been doing. Um, just to kind of give an introduction to uh, Miller, just some quick highlights before we kind of, you know, let him uh, speak and share his story. Um, Miller is an event coordinator, uh, which is a volunteer role at the Yarl Alti Hub um, in Jaffna. And the goal of the organization, for those of you not familiar with it, is that uh, it, uh, the dream is to make Jeffna the next Silicon Valley. Um, Miller also uh, joined uh, SendMate IoT Solutions, which then pivoted, and he kind of spun it off from there to be the CEO and co-found a company called Sends Agro Technologies, which will be the focus of the discussion for today. Uh, it's Sri Lanka's first agrotech company. Uh, it offers, at a high level, farmers, soil sensor technology and cloud-based analytics uh, with micro-irrigation systems to help farmers essentially increase crop yield and reduce water, fertilization, and energy costs. So at a high level, just really reduce climate uh, impact. And uh, Miller was actually selected to be a climate ambassador for Sri Lanka. So just another note before we kind of continue further is, um, you know, the Tamil Innovators Spotlight is an online series which puts a spotlight on individuals from the global Tamil community who are building great products, services, and initiatives. And um, this event is brought to you in partnership with mystartupdojo.com as well as tamilculture.com. And uh, for those of you listening, my name is Era Ihamparam, and um, I'm one of the co-founders of tamilculture.com, and I also host my own podcast called The Tamil Creator. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome our you know, featured speaker for today, Miller Alexander Rajendran, uh, CEO and co-founder of Sens Agro, Sens Agro sorry, uh, Sri Lanka's first agritech startup. And he's joining us today from Colombo, Sri Lanka. Um, so welcome, Miller. Uh, thank you so much, Ara. And uh, thank you so much, Tamil uh, Culture, for inviting me. And great pleasure to meet you, everyone. Perfect. And uh, for the uh, listeners that are kind of just listening, whether you're on Facebook Live or on Zoom, uh, there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions. So please type away. Don't be shy. Questions are awesome. Um, we'll we'll kind of get we'll kind of get into some of the questions you have in the middle. <clears throat> Sorry, in the middle. So um, you know, just to start things off, uh, Miller, why don't we? You know, why don't you kind of tell us a bit uh, about Senza Grow? And I guess even before that, uh, you know, we had a conversation before this around, you know, some of the misconceptions that uh, people uh, in the West, you know, Canada, UK, US, might have around business opportunities available in Sri Lanka. So, can you describe both the startup ecosystem in Sri Lanka as well as, you know, just kind of then delving into kind of how you started Senza Grow? Sure, sure. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me to represent Sri Lanka uh, and given an uh, overall view how the startup ecosystem works. Um, so give you a glimpse, first of all, Sri Lanka is a fantastic opportunity for any tech-related environment because uh, any startup, by the way, uh, Sri Lanka's location itself, uh, the global giants see this as an opportunity where Sri Lanka have a similar behavior. If you want to test as a market, it 
replicate a behavior of 2 billion people around. So Google Street Viewer to Microsoft to everyone see this as an opportunity where Sri Lanka is a fantastic test bed. Uh, first of all, if you want to have a arm of technology uh, arm in Sri Lanka and expand it uh, and testing out the market and expanding in the regional market. So uh, apart from Sri Lankan tech industry, it's very vibrant. Uh, the third largest export market uh, is tech at the moment in Sri Lanka after garments and tea. So uh, because we have produced, we are producing fantastic quality engineers. Uh, if you take Google Summer of Code, every single year for last 10 years, it's one of the top three uh, engineering universities coming from Sri Lanka, Moroto University, obviously. So there are plenty of opportunities, best engineers, pretty similar <clears throat> expenses compared to the regional South Indian market, but the quality was much higher compared to the other regional uh, companion neighborhood countries uh, and the behavior of the market. It's a fantastic opportunity where you can have a collaboration with Sri Lanka uh, as opening market for tech. Um, at the same time, the startup industry is very young uh, because uh, the oldest running accelerator is Yalitiab. So that means the 10-year-old Yalitiab accelerator. So in this sense, uh, it's a very young uh, ecosystem and it's, uh, still it's on the early stage. It's growing up. So it's a fantastic opportunity uh, to be a part of early stage uh, collaboration with any startup, especially in the tech industry. Um, so any company, any uh, individual or uh, investment firm can collaborate with uh, and can go through a fantastic evaluation process also uh, because there are well standard evaluation, company evaluation companies also there. So it's a fantastic opportunity for early adapters and early state investors to be part of a Sri Lankan organization. Yeah, just to so kind of... In, so, oh, sorry, go ahead, yeah? Yeah, yeah please go ahead, Dara. Yeah, I was going to say, just to kind of build on what you're saying, if you could maybe elaborate further on, you know, three of the key ingredients of an ecosystem, you know, would be right. um, funding or money, um, then the talent that you kind of talked about, and then opportunity. So maybe you can elaborate a bit more on that as well. Sure, definitely. So Sri Lankan ecosystem, it's known for the premium product. As we all know, Sri Lanka is known for the premium tea, premium coffee, spices, and so on. The geography is very small so the population is comparatively small so this is a place where it's coming from the best premium quality so the countries depend on premium quality products so that brand itself it's worth a lot so that's where the most of the investment at the moment comes in for tourism to export uh, and uh, especially in the tech industry so sri lankan tech industry supporting uber uh, if you take wso2 is the main core backend for uber uh, ebay or expedia um, so any large technology is completely kind of dependent on Sri Lankan technology firms, even NASA. So NASA to PepsiCo and everything. So uh, it's a fantastic pool of environment, which is pretty much under the radar at this moment because it's a premium market, but it's a very small market. It's not like saturated as uh, India for an extent. So, but the opportunities at the moment is pretty much uh, very much restricted to the people who know about the industry, people who know about the market, who are the people who are investing again and again and get the uh, benefit out of it. So it need to be saturated. So this uh, that's kind of a request uh, from a, a startup point of view. So if there is a investment industry uh, interest or collaboration industry, Sri Lanka is the best place where you can come up with. And 
the location where it, it it's very good uh, with the neighboring countries. We don't have issues with India, or we don't have issues with China. So manufacturing or uh, expansion and everything, Sri Lanka is a fantastic destination uh, to build and expand. So I can't say this as a consumer market, but it's definitely a test bed. So that's where we also focusing on. So that's great. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to kind of get in early. Um, you know, investment and in making money is all about kind of getting in when there's a, you know, uh, not alignment in terms of information. So you make money when you know information that people don't know about. Exactly. So that sounds great. Um, maybe we kind of can delve into Senza Grow. So maybe tell us how you started the company, why you started the company, and uh, we'll kind of get into some interesting stories that we talked about earlier. Sure, definitely. So uh, first of all, uh, so myself and my partners and friends, uh, we are not born entrepreneurs. We get to know about startup and entrepreneurship through Lalitiap. So that's where we started. Um, so I studied in Jaffna University. I studied computer science and my friends are from electronics and telecommunication Monterey University. And the best part, we all born in the same age. We are all in the same uh, age group. So that's eventually give us a jail where we know our roles, how to play. And we connected through Yalit Hub. Basically, we are competitors. Uh, Jay and John, uh, they come up, come with their own ideas to the Geek Challenge as competition. And myself, I have a team from Jaffna University. We compete each other. Um, finally, I start my own company in Jaffna uh, while working at Yalitia to gain my startup knowledge because I don't have a single clue what a startup is all about in 2014, that time period. So same thing for Jander and John. They start their own company called SenseMate. Literally, the name is sensor-based friends. They are specialized on sensors and electronics. Uh, so that's what their domain is. So uh, when in 2015, 2016 era, uh, we identified SenseMate uh, can be expanded a huge scale because the potential of IoT, no one know about IoT at that time in Sri Lanka. 2015 people playing around with Raspberry Pis and open source hardware and these guys producing PCBs and IoT platforms. So uh, that inspires me a lot because my company is pretty much on marketing oriented and I'm working part time because I'm working at the Allied app also. So I thought this is a fantastic opportunity and I can play a good role where this word can be expanded because uh, I am pretty much interested in marketing. Even my final year research I did on marketing on natural language processing, marketing content and make it viral. So that's my strength. So we joined together through Yal idea and it was a very struggling early days so the technology we got an investment from Yal idea itself probably we are the first uh, company in sri lanka who got a crowdfunding from our community so through Yal idea members we got a small funding with that because we need looking for funding because it's it's a hardware integrated technology so there is an hardware and an investment must be there at least to bring a prototype out so from that only we can bring to the market, product Sorry. market fit and identifying everything. Sorry, how much were you able to raise from the community in that initial kind of um, uh, objection? At, the, at today's funding range, it's $11,000, I would say in USD. Got it. Uh, it's 3 million rupees. Uh, it's a crowdfunding, uh, like community funding. Um, so the best part, we don't know anything apart from engineering. So Jay and John invest the entire money on technology and put the technology to 10 farmers uh, in Jaffna and receiving like 1,000 rupees, like less than $10 per month as a subscription. You can see when they can reach the business model. It's never going to work at all. Even the first PCB was built in Canada. So that was close to $500 for us. But the same technology, what we are building for less than $30 
for the same PCB what we are building and even optimize at the moment. So it's all learning for the last five years what we gained. But early days, we spend money, we the business model and plenty of things that are loopholes. We had a very, very successful failure uh, in 2015. So we came back to Colombo from Jaffna. And uh, so we working on the platform, the IoT platform. And we got an investment, pretty much a grant. It's a grant from the government called ICTA, uh, the Sri Lankan ICT agency. They gave us a close to $3,000 grant at the moment. Um, with that grant, uh, we pivoted from agriculture to post-harvest technology. So that's where the first thing happens in 2016. And still that product called Polar is one of our bread and butter. So that was a huge success. So all the blue chip companies in Sri Lanka on board as a client for that product. So with that, it pretty much bootstrap. We go on zero and we build over a grant. So uh, it's pretty much bootstrapped after that in 2016. So 2017, we got a fantastic opportunity to travel Barcelona through the government endorsement. So we represent Sri Lanka uh, in the IoT sector and uh, we went to Barcelona. So very, very, uh, program called Mobile World Congress. Uh, close to 17,000 people around the world participate on the, on the tour. So that's where we find out the opportunities on agriculture and how big countries and big companies around the world doing it. How Bosch working on agriculture, how Microsoft working on agriculture, um, and Germans are putting technology into agriculture, how drones working on agriculture, Israeli technologies on agriculture. So that inspires a lot. So we worked again and we tried to bring the technology this time uh, with more business sense, more than the technical sense, because we know the technology, it's already on shelf right now. So we have the hardware capability, we have built a supply chain network in China, the manufacturing arms in China. So everything in place. Right now we can bring a technology very less expensive. So now we rebuild uh, the business model, how we can support smallholder farmers in Sri Lanka and how we can expand. So we raced around uh, through a competition. Uh, we are the one, top five uh, corporate investments from Sri Lanka, from John Keel's holdings. With that, uh, uh, we, it's called John Keel's uh, Innovation X program. So we got invested and incubated. With that endorsement, we kick off Sense Agro again. Now it's a fantastic hit. Uh, we can confidently say we are the leading ag tech company in Sri Lanka at the moment, and we are expanding in the region as well. And uh, uh, special, spe specialty of this technology, we are the first company in the world in ag tech going complete SaaS model. Uh, that's how we get into the smallholders environment. So there is no capital expense a farmer pay, farmer paying on monthly rental base. All our hardware and software, everything goes on a monthly rental. So farmers can adapt for a very, very small price without a risk of capital investment. So that strategy was built over the time. And we raised a couple of rounds of investment and it's expanding very well. And uh, that's a great story. You can talk any all the time. That's that's very smart to kind of go the SaaS route because, like you said, um, nobody wants to incur you know capital costs up front, and you can you know yeah. you picture like how how big these farms are. So that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think I've heard of another company in Canada doing agri tech as well. And from my understanding, it's a very hard business to be in. Um, as you kind of Definitely. mentioned, it's been like a five or six year journey. So knowing that kind of upfront, or maybe you didn't know. Um, what kind of keeps you going or like what made you kind of want to start this company uh, from a personal point of view, knowing that it would be such a, uh, a grind, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's a very simple theory behind because I'm a fifth generation farmer. Jay and John also a fourth generation farmer. So we all come from farming background. That's what we know before engineering. Uh, I'm the first graduate in my family and the entire tree. So uh, that's what I know, agriculture. And uh, I work with them. I live with them. So uh, and it's kind of interesting for an engineer not to sit behind a computer. So if you take my social media pictures, you can see I'm sitting in a flower garden or I'm traveling hundreds of kilometers per day and uh, sitting with uh, mud and working with farmers. So that's an interesting job for an engineer who's sitting behind a computer. So that's what my uh, thought process also when I'm starting to study computer science. But now what I'm doing, it's what keeps us going. And the opportunity also, if you take last two years of the global uh, market also, Actic is Actic received the largest investment round. So last year, if you take the largest investment goes to Pindutu and Impossible Food, uh, two companies raised all, almost a billion dollar as startup. So that's the secret behind on food industry and alternative meat, alternative protein, and all this agriculture technology environment. So we are at the right time on the right place with the right technology and. Uh, if we miss how this opportunity, there's nothing we can make out of it. So that's why we, it's an inspiration which is kicking off. And we are very clear on where we are going towards and the potential of this market where we are working on. And uh, the roots are also very clear. Being the first company uh, from Sri Lanka and almost one of the earliest company in the region as well on this particular technology. So we get plenty of attention uh, throughout the region and we participated in World Agritech program, uh, even got uh, opportunities to talk with Canadian uh, Agriculture Ministry also uh, to do a project in Saskatchewan. So there are plenty of potential opportunities coming toward us because of, because we are in the right time on the right industry. So, so you mentioned, you, I'm sorry, you mentioned that you have a clear idea of where you're going. So where where is uh, Sensor Grow going? Like where do you see the company in the next three to five years? Right, so that's uh, for, from the day one, Sensagro is a spin-off venture, right? So Sensagro have a potential plan to have an exit uh, for a large-scale agriculture business. So uh, two years back, before COVID, uh, right before COVID, like two weeks back, we, were, we went to Singapore, met one of the largest agriculture company in the world, I think third largest agriculture company in the world. So uh, the plan was to become a part of that company and acquired by that company because of the potential they can take this sensacro maybe 100 times bigger than what we can make in the same time so that's one plan that's what the ultimate plan what we had but at the moment the plan was to make it as ipo also potential because of the market opportunity what we have it grow automatically even we stick into this market at least make it break even for a long time period that's fair enough to make this as an ipo and it's eventually grow itself so the potential is opening up in very big ways so there's very focused uh, ideology to going towards a large-scale exit uh, with proving the market in a very uh, potential way in the region okay got it um and i know we kind of were looking at the future one thing i forgot to kind of ask you as well and we kind of touched on the funding part of it um, you mentioned a story about Bernard Sinna. Yeah, he's a, sure. For those of you who don't know, he's a very interesting character. He's a UK-based, um, you know, uh, I guess he worked at Citigroup for like 30 years and, you know, he's done a bunch of investments and I know he's like one of your advisors. So can you talk about that story uh, before we kind of sure. go to the future as well? Yeah. 
first of all, Chinna was an amazing person. So he uh, was supposed to be celebrated as Sundar Pichai, but we missed it out because he was the managing director for Citibank, the twelfth la largest brand in the world, and he was the managing director for it. And uh, he was a banker for thirty-seven years, and he bring one of the important part for our company, the financial aspect. We all engineers. Whatever we do in the industry, we we can probably we understand agriculture. We have agronomist on team, but in a global point of view of finance, he bring fantastic value for us. So the story behind how we met uh, Chinna was uh, amazing because uh, I, I I mentioned that we went to Barcelona for through a uh, through through the endorsement of Carmen. So uh, Mr. Bernard came to our podium because we were in Sri Lankan podium that time. So he came and talked to all the startups. Uh, we didn't know who is uh, Chinna, or he didn't came with any branding or any logos of Citibank. He just came to us and talked to us as a general person because there are seventeen thousand people in this program. So it's another individual. Then we connected. Uh, since we are all coming from Jaffna, we are connected in that sense. He talked about his uh, book uh, that he, uh, he wrote about the Jaffna boy and so on. So then we connected through LinkedIn. That's it. So after three and a half years, when we go looking for the seed round of Sensagro, so we took a list of people, and the list was including uh, the people we met in Barcelona. So. Uh, it's a very random message. It's a 300-character message what we sh shared with China to we are raising some investment. Do you are you interested? That's it. And uh, within 24 days, the investment round was closed. That was the best part of it. Now is one of the best endorsement what we have and uh, a person we always who always support us and is a fantastic branding also having the managing director of Citibank in our team. So that's opening up plenty of doors and trust. That's amazing. I mean, I want to kind of, I know we've kind of, you know, talked a lot in terms of your story. I want to kind of just summarize for those, uh, you know, people listening. So you kind of, you come from a farming family. You're the first, and I think you mentioned your co-founders as well, are the yeah. first to kind of graduate uh, in like your kind of uh, lineage, I guess you're saying, like in terms of graduate. You, you started a business and around technology, hardware, where you guys had pretty much very little knowledge around. And then over the course of kind of, you know, I think it's been five, six years, you've took it from an idea uh, to raising money, like you crowdfunded through YLRT Hub. Uh, you, you know, you raise money from individuals like Bernard's and uh, you raise money from kind of institutional like um, investors. Uh, I, I guess I really want people that are listening to this kind of get two things from this, which is number one, it seems like one of the things you kind of did was you took an organized approach to networking. So you kind of kept in touch with people that could potentially help you down the line. Number two, you took action. Like even though you had no idea or like you and the team had very little idea of how to build an agritech business, you took something that was a challenge maybe in kind of your personal experience and you built it into a company. And where you're going is you're gonna build on kind of the SaaS based model company where you, it's totally different from any other agritech kind of company in the world for the most part, kind of doing completely SaaS based from both the hardware and software point of view. And your future goal is to take Senza Grow uh, to potentially IPO or maybe get acquired by a company that will take what you've kind of built and the traction you've built and, you know, build on it 10 times fold, right? Just to kind of make sure we exactly. summarize. Exactly. Um, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, we talked a lot about your, you know, the company aspect of it. And one of the things I mentioned earlier on was, 
the big why behind why you started this was really climate impact. Like you come from a farming family, so you kind of understand and have seen that firsthand. And recently you were selected as a climate ambassador for Sri Lanka. So maybe tell us a bit more about that and what that entails. Sure, definitely. So uh, climate ambassador uh, program, it's by World Bank. So, uh, so from 153 countries, so they choose uh, people under 30 as ambassadors uh, for represent that particular country and uh, give a real-time statistic and a kind of representation what's happening, uh, which is something wrong in the conventional practices on people's day-to-day -day, uh, works or in industrial point of view. And pointing out those things and creating, uh, pointing the World Bank where to invest, where to fix the climate issues. So that's what a role. That's what the role of a climate ambassador. So and we have the World Bank's uh, uh, endorsement where we can um, represent as climate ambassadors uh, to pointing out what you are doing wrong. Probably this is how we're supposed to do and so on. So how the selection was uh, very. It's very common because it's selected by the already existing work. Be what we are doing already uh, in the in the day to day workflow what we are doing because uh, they and picked people especially we just represent we can nominate people that's one thing but they will and pick based on the profile and what they are doing so the important part even as a small country like Sri Lanka we are in the sixth rank for, according to last year we are in the sixth rank of climate uh, risk index so at the same time, before that, we were in the second rank. After Japan, we are in the second rank. So that's more complicated for a small country. At the moment, if you see around, we have enough resources in terms of water. You can uh, inhale uh, the, the air uh, without a mask. So that's what you see at the moment. But the risk index is all about how fast we are destroying the existing ecosystem and how bad we are going into. That's the score. So we are going drastically bad. We don't have any awareness in terms of the water utilization, especially farmers know about it. Farmers know it was fresh water five years back. Now it's salinity water, free uh, grounding too much and so on. They understand, but people not collaborated or, uh, or working with the ecosystem. They only know the air they are taking on, it's good or bad, it's, whether it's polluted, whether I need to wear a mask, that's all uh, urban person or the people who are making policies understand and it, it, this is unbelievably on timely action because if you if you're following sri lankan context at the moment the climate is the most talking point at the moment so people fighting with the government and plenty of things happening politically also so the biggest problem at the moment the climate impact is it's, it's a thing we, you can't it's not tangible you can't see this impact created by these trees and this water clean and it's give this impact it's not tangible but the benefit uh, if, if you cut down cut down these trees and you can make something the financial benefits is pretty tangible so people show, see this short-term uh, benefit what they have so the long term they didn't concern uh, sad story even in public media ministers talking about why we need oxygen so that's that's the crazy <laughs> things happening in Sri Lanka at the moment people the youngsters talking against it but uh, it's it's a very bad time we are at the moment so our job as a climate ambassador so because we are, there are four people uh, selected from Sri Lanka because of the risk we are in so uh, our job is to identify the look areas where it has so much impact uh, a large audience or large population 
creating that impact could be polluting the ocean it can be um, uh, over usage of fertilizer chemical fertilizer and uh, contaminating the water and the soil it could be anything but we need to come up with reports and we need to point out the impact with quantifying quantifiable scale then world bank upcoming investments towards climate smart goes into that so we have important responsibility which is millions of dollars worth so totally around 200 ambassadors from 153 countries and uh, happy to be one of them. Amazing. I mean, um, I think climate change is like now the hot topic everywhere, like especially with the US, kind of that back and forth the last couple of years where they pulled out of like that climate yep. change accord and now they're trying to get back into it. Um, you know, I before kind of going further, I know there's, a, you know, people listening and, you know, if you have any questions, I want to kind of put this out there again. We'd love to kind of, I'm sure Miller would love to kind of answer any questions you might have. Uh, and while we kind of wait for people to do that, we'll kind of delve into some other maybe um, more personal questions as well. And, you know, while we're kind of chatting, folks, please don't hesitate to send those questions. Um, we talked a lot of, you know, about your company, but as most entrepreneurs, maybe we don't realize it as well, but you are more than your company. So what do you like to do for fun outside of, you know, work? As I explained, so what I'm doing is what my fun is all about. I do what I'm good at. So, uh, and imagine like, so fun time is something you doing it on, uh, on your auxiliary time, right? So, uh, so it's supposed to a person, if I'm a person who I'm sitting behind a computer, uh, then for 15 hours, then I need to worry about how do I spend five hours without being on the computer. But I'm always traveling around and sitting in a flower garden or in a farm or uh, somewhere else. So I'm always having fun. That's the best part of keep kicking off going on. And uh, it's kind of pretty hard at the moment working from home for me. That's the bad part at the moment, taking rest, I would say. So uh, most probably it's playing around. So uh, uh, I'm not a sports person or athletic person. Uh, I'm like always like a hobbies type of a guy. but. In the universities, I, I played everything. So I kind of like to play around. So I want to get sweat and so on. So uh, we have a table tennis pool in uh, the, in the uh, in our office and we always play around DT. So that's one of my favorite uh, activity. But mostly it's around traveling and uh, going to the field, different ecosystems. Sri Lanka is a fantastic, beautiful country where you, within three hours from 35 degree to 15 degree, you can travel within 30, uh, three hours time period. So that's the best part of it. I travel, I getting different ecosystem, different sceneries. People pay millions of dollars to come to Sri Lanka and see all those things. I'm fortunate enough to travel all those things all the time. Um, I'm, usually I travel at least 400, 500 kilometers a day if it's on a working day. So that's the most vulnerable part of my job. Where is like your favorite place to travel within Sri Lanka? Like your I wouldn't say go to, but your favorite. Uh, okay, so uh, I've been multiple times. So uh, we have an installation in a place called Boroland. So that's uh, close to uh, in the Uwa province, uh, close to Bandarodost area. So in nighttime, the temperature goes below 15, 14 degrees Celsius. It's surrounded by mountains. So it's like a hot pocket where you get so much of humidity and cold temperature. Um, but the environment was fantastic. Uh, you have up and down hills and uh, eucalyptus trees, and it it looks like a Harry Potter movie and the forest <laughs> type of environment if you walk around. So that was fantastic. And I travel at least 
10 times a year, maybe. So because we have a couple of installations there, so I'm identifying, still I'm exploring and identifying location and pinpointing in my Google map, that's what's happening. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of, for most entrepreneurs, like a support system is also important as well. Um, for you, um, talk about like, you know, your friends, family, like what kind of support you've kind of got through this journey uh, of being an entrepreneur? Uh, okay, so friends always support it. So the ecosystem was just picking up when we are starting. So people just, it, it was a hot topic when we started startup. Before that, people talking about tech hackathons where universities compete each other. Now there's no concept of hackathon, even for schools to big players, everyone talking about startup programs, startup accelerators or incubators and so on. Now, I would say like 90% of the hackathons turn into uh, startup programs. So we were pretty early on to that stage and it was picking up, everyone started to support. But you know, family, it's pretty much, they don't understand. As I said, I'm the first graduate from my family, even from my friends also, mostly uh, Jay have his brothers also from uh, engineering background, but for John and myself, they're the first graduates from the family. So that's kind of always have these uh, people, parents have this fear. So these guys studied something and I'm not an engineer, but uh, for John's point, John is the second island second ranker when we are uh, doing A-levels. So he was the island top. So, uh, so, the, so the parents, they definitely, they have a fear. Like we, he studied a lot and he was the best in the country. And uh, now you're doing something and you can't pull out anything out of it because, you know, $11,000, the entire investment. So we run on that investment for 16 months you know how much payment we can take it out of it right so because okay. there's no zero clients so for 16 months so in that sense uh, there's nothing we take it to taking home and uh, it's it, we call it like uh, ramen profit we can eat something what you can get so uh, uh, so that kind of situation and we visit barcelona with 300,000 i would say like 2500 dollars um, we had 16 days of trip to Barcelona with $1,500, including the up and down flying, flight ticket for three of three of us, complete backpacking. So uh, that was the best turning point in our business uh, time period also. So it was a hard journey, family was afraid. Still my mother can't explain what I'm doing. So my brother is a engineer, so software engineer. He also did IT, but he's a software engineer. Myself, I did computer science. My, my mother can't explain whether I'm an engineer, what I'm doing, I'm doing a company, no one believe it. So simply will say you're working in an IT company. Still my mother say yeah, you're working in an IT company, that's all. They can't explain. But they are kind of satisfied right now because financially we're stable at the moment and uh, we do something, we do a day job. So that's the important part for them. Early days, definitely there was a risk. And we also had one confidence. We all studied IT and there are 200,000 uh, employments need to be fulfilled with IT and we whenever we drop this uh, opportunity what we are doing right now we have a job so that confidence keep us going in the early days now it's like no way turning back so if we drop something there are 33 engineers behind us we need to pay them so uh, now it's more critical situation I would say but, but, but I mean it must be nice to know that you know I mean I, I know you have to pay payroll for 35 engineers but just knowing that if everything goes to crap at the end of the day, you know, you guys could find employment, but obviously that's not your goal. Your goal is to make this kind of what make we something. 
definitely yeah. so one point to highlight so we can simply start a website development company or, or a app development company there are thousands of companies like that so the first day one point especially for this is the vision of jay and john i can't get the credit because they want to start a brand which is hardware oriented they want to compete with bosch they want to compete with john deers and all these uh, hardware manufacturers because they, they are 95 percent of the electronic engineers choosing uh, computer science as their career job no one doing electronics because there's no companies who provide that opportunity so they want to do what they love so they studied electronic and telecommunication they want to work something on that and uh, we so they want to create a brand so i support them how to expand this brand and how we can work out on this and create this brand globally because no one adapt us uh, to give a glimpse early days before crowdfunding from all idea we uh, so jay and john travel around the angel investors N- no single investor want to invest on a hardware company and these guys also don't want to let that the hardware part going on so uh, and that's why we have to go for a community fund because we didn't get any interest from any investors but as i mentioned the second race for our spin off venture with all this tech record it took us only 24 days that's the success story we have no one want to invest on us now we can close a round within 24 days so that's kind of the, it's prove somebody do something it's right and we want to continue what we are doing and uh, happy to say that we stick into our plan we don't still don't do any website or anything apart from if it's not including hardware iot or artificial intelligence or data science or enterprise technology development we don't do anything about it we have plenty of requests from diaspora communities and from our families and around the world but we don't do it we just divert that into our friends uh, friends who are doing the same company uh, in the environment but now we have our solutions happening in nine different countries around the world um, and uh, it's expanding and that's fair enough for us and we are creating a brand now people don't say that it's a company who providing agriculture technologies they say by the name since agro so none of them in the country if they talking about agtech they definitely talk about since agro in the first place so even our competitor so that's what the ultimate success what we had and uh, happy to say uh, it's like pretty much a pride also we uh, currently we had plenty of interest from investors locally but uh, best part our angel investors can't uh, invest on the ticket size what we have so it's not it's a humble thing but i mean it, it's not a pride it, it's is a success what we want to share so the ticket size of sri lankan current investments cannot match since medos and sagros uh, investment rounds at the moment so that's kind of a happy story at the moment it's amazing um Another part of kind of the entrepreneurial mind or journey is really around kind of learning and kind of yeah the the process of per- perpetual learning. So for you, um, are there, I guess, how do you learn? Is it like is there a book or a podcast that you kind of listen to uh, to kind of always improve your knowledge and like you know either for your business or even for yourself? So it's definitely learning. So we we are taught engineers. We don't have we don't have the vision to become entrepreneurs. So uh, it, it was first of all the idea of entrepreneurship given by LITF, all the networking, all the concept. There is the concept of entrepreneurship was there. Everything taught by LITF, and we mentor juniors and other teams. We got some ideas how to do presentation, how to do business model, and all those things. Then 
uh, then the ICTA program, we learn everything professionally, especially we are so good in financial management. So as I said, like 16 days, a European trip for eight countries within $1,500 for three engineers. So that's kind of a financial management we can manage at the moment. So uh, that all trained by uh, the program, the mentors we got it uh, received from ICTA, um, uh, and then uh, the corporate investment, the incubator program through John Keels. So that's, we got plenty of premium mentors around the world, especially from MIT, the person, the juniors of uh, uh, the person Bill, uh, who wrote the 24 Disciplines of Entrepreneurship. That author's juniors, uh, we, I got the opportunity to learn from them for one week. Uh, then we learned from MIT University, uh, then Growth Stripe from Netherlands. So all these opportunities we got from various program uh, and various accelerator and incubator program, and we met plenty of mentors around the part for the last five years. And there are there are some inputs everyone feed into our entire chain of progress. Still we are learning, but uh, especially my style of podcast and learning, it's pretty much on agriculture side of it, our climate related things. I talk to people mainly, I love to talk with people and get some inputs. Uh, agriculture is always uh, something I supposed to learn because I don't know anything and I'm learning all of this. But uh, podcast part, I usually listen, I, I'm fortunate to, thanks to COVID, I got the opportunity to listen to plenty of people as webinars just like this, I to meet plenty of people around the world. And uh, especially uh, my friends also tease me on that. I'm, I'm pretty much a piggybacking guy. I uh, learn from the exact competitors who do things right or wrong. Uh, we just learn from that. So my usual time goes on uh, listening to competitors around the world, what they did, they podcast, and they uh, so um, so one of the main podcasts would be from Ross Harvey. So she's an uh, Australian entrepreneur, uh, one of the top hundred uh, women entrepreneurs of Australia. So uh, she's the founder of uh, the Yield. So the Yield, uh, probably the largest um, success story of agtech. Uh, and the precision agriculture industry. So I got plenty of opportunities, but I figured out mostly the technology is pretty much same. So more than the success stories, we, we identify things they're doing wrong that cannot be implemented in the emerging markets or the smallholder markets. So those are things we identify. When they're explaining about the business model, how they expanding in Australia and Netherlands, uh, sorry, New Zealand, they identify this cannot be implemented in Sri Lanka or India. So that's the opportunity. So the exact same replica of the solution, but in a different approach. So those type of things what we usually learn and pretty much replicating, I would say. There's nothing wrong about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a smart, uh, that's a smart uh, methodology. Um, so Miller, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? So say you're talking to your 16 year old self, what's the advice that you'd give him? <laughs> okay. So it's exactly 15 years back. So uh, I definitely, so I, I want to be pretty much on the bioscience side of it because I allowed my uh, teachers, they're doing on science. So I studied bio that time mostly. Then eventually the SAS score and the system turned me into a computer engineer, computer science graduate. But uh, that time, if I'm talking about, I definitely will say learn IT uh, because that's the trend. Because I am completely zero until I'm getting into university. I don't know anything about IT or technologies. So uh, if after my ordinary level, I supposed to learn about IT and I missed plenty of opportunities in the entire era of IT, uh, 
just like the dot com crash, we miss out plenty of things because my lecturer, uh, Dr. Thabozaran, introduced me to blockchain and Bitcoin in 2011, the oh, uh, first okay. period of the uh, thing. That time, uh, a Bitcoin was $8, I believe. So, those are some of the mistakes I made <laughs> because we don't know about it. So, uh, if I'm talking about a different level, say, learn IT and looking for the trend or else it'll be fade out okay um you know what what are some you know as we're kind of kind of getting to the end of this uh, webinar what you know for the people listening or the people that will be also listening after the fact as well what advice do you want to give any aspiring entrepreneurs or just people listening um or just i guess words of advice would you want to leave with people listening Definitely. So uh, if the people are pretty much into, uh, I'm just assuming mostly entrepreneurs, so I'm just giving a junior entrepreneur advice. So if you are looking for a new opening or a new uh, venture you want to start, the best opportunity is always on the mainstream. Technology cannot be a mainstream. That's what mostly we did as a mistake on the early days. Uh, because we want to make technology much as possible stable and it's really strong, but it's not the case. So uh, the mainstream like agriculture, food or uh, health sector, we need to choose some sector and solve a problem. It was always on the business plan, like what's the problem and so solution. Most of the entrepreneurs around the country, what I see at least, especially Sri Lankan entrepreneurs with this island mentality, we build something for the local aspect. We see a local problem and solve. Mostly we build a technology and try to feed the problem according to it. But the opportunity in the mainstream was so big, especially in climate change. Climate change, it's an opportunity itself. So that's what the main thing I always want to say to my students or the mentoring programs and all. If they are taking an impact-oriented startup, mostly people talking about impact right now because it has money and it has the way, vibe. If you want to do something on impact-oriented thing, always do something. See impact or climate change or any uh, problem as an opportunity. So if water scarcity situation happening, don't try to sell how to use uh, uh, how to use alternative. Try to sell something how to reduce your work around because it's take a big transition when you are doing something conventional for years of time. That's what I'm experiencing right now in agriculture. They're doing agriculture for 2,000 years right now in the same conventional methodology, slight changes. If you want to do something, just forget about your guesswork and all the things you have learned. Just listen to the census, what it says, and do your irrigation and fortification according to it. No one going to do that. So it's a big transition, but uh, it's supposed to be localized to the environment and by understanding the exact need. So calculate financially. Don't prioritize the technology up front. That's the basic thing I want to say. Most of the people doing that, that mistake. Yeah, I think uh, it's very common in kind of engineering centric companies where yeah. you focus, you over-engineer something versus what's the actual problem that will actually generate money because that will feed the evolution of kind of how you build a company, how the technology is kind of exactly. built out. Um, that's, you know, that's so great. Thank you again, Miller. I mean, I think the last, you know, about 45 minutes, you've kind of shared a lot of really good piece of information and advice. Um, so for everyone who's kind of listening in as well, thank you so much for tuning in today. As a final note, I would like to tell everyone here to be sure to visit tamilculture.com to network and collaborate with Tamil innovators worldwide, like Miller. 
Um, and, you know, Miller, thank you again for kind of being involved in this event. Uh, please be sure to check out the amazing work that Sends Grow is up to at www.sends, so S-E-N-Z-A-G-R-O.com slash web. And uh, thank you guys again for joining today and hope to see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tamil Culture. It's a great opportunity for us to represent. Thank you. Happy to see you guys.